podcast, Happy and Single. I'm your host, Joseph Anderson. You can find me on Instagram at the It's Possible Guy. And today we have a special treat. We have an interview with the lead singer and creator of the band Ofi. So it's spelled O-F-I, but it's but it's pronounced Ofi. And so I, I met Ofi just a few weeks ago, and and he's become a new friend and. He's just an amazing guy. So I, I thought I'd bring him on the podcast and we'd and we'd have some fun and kind of see where it goes. But I'm going to let him introduce himself and share what he wants to. And then we'll just kind of go from there. I love it, dude. Joseph, thanks for having me, man. I, uh, you know, that show in Arizona was a blast. And then having you come up as, you know, I had you come up to sing, what was it? Radioactive, you know, it was radioactive, man. And the funny thing is like, we, on our shows, we don't play covers. Like we just don't because I love my originals. Um, but you know, every once in a while, when, when you got a crowd, it's fun to just put it in there, especially because the host was like, Hey, can you guys play a couple more songs? And I was like, well, oh, all right. Um, but for you to just come up unrehearsed, and come sing with us that made me love you because that takes guts man that's a hard thing to do come up in front of a crowd sing a song you may or may not know and just go for it so yeah i'm proud of you that was cool well thanks man that was that was a lot of fun it was you know it's one of those things it was one of those moments like you and i had talked at intermission for a, a moment or two but that was that definitely had surprised me and, you know, it's one of those things like we just have to take, you know, opportunities whenever they're given. Yeah. Did I, had I warmed up? Had I practiced? Had I done anything? No. And and funny enough, I showed that to my nephew. And he's like, Joseph, why, why are you why does it sound like you're singing in church? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it doesn't help that my voice. My voice is so like not churchy voice. You know, it's it's very. I call it a graspy voice, raspy and gruff. You know, it's very raspy and gruff, but I don't know. It sounded, it sounded good, dude. Like we had a good blend. Dude, I think what you mean is your voice is just awesome. Like you have, you have such sweet. an amazing rock voice. And, and you and I have talked before about how, how much work you have put into that. You know, it's, it's interesting because I think one of the things that happens in the world of single people um, and even just the world for general is people don't realize that, you know, it's one thing to be happy, which is awesome. But in order to become the things that we want to in life, we have to show up and put in the work. Like there's, there's no amount of reading about the gym that is ever going to make me strong. There's, there's no amount of reading about how can I become the best lead singer in the world? That's going to make me anywhere close to what you are. Yeah. I, I mean, I kind of adopted the mantra. So years and years ago, before I got into music, I like, I managed a financial, like, I don't know if you call it a firm or just like a little insurance group. Um, and then I moved on past that and started doing, you know, retirement accounts for teachers. And that was kind of all over California, Utah, Hawaii, and it was really, really fun. And during that time, um, you know, I had my financial goals. I had, it's funny, you know, here I was like 25, 26, and I, I was married at the time. Then, you know, we got a divorce a little bit later. But, you know, during that time, I had my financial goals of this is where I want to be. This is what will make me happy. If I just have this, then I'll be happy. If I can just accomplish this, then I'll be worth something. If I can just, you know, and we set those things. And my mantra during that time was discipline over desire. 
because that's what I noticed the difference, like why we are our little branch or whatever got successful is because that was what I'd always say. It's, it's great that you want all the desires in the world. I love desires. I think that's, I think God gave us those for a reason, but I'm like, but discipline will get you there, you know, discipline. Cause it, it, dude, no one wants to wake up and go straight to the gym and then go to their, their job and then do their side hustle and then, you know, read the scriptures or do whatever, like whatever they got to do. Like, it's not easy to do that stuff. You know, I, I don't love going to the gym, especially when my, I'm tired, my legs hurt. I can't walk from the day before. And so it's just so much easier to be like, I'm just going to lay in bed, dude, I'm tired. But then you don't grow, you know? Well, and the funny thing about discipline I used to think it as discipline is just this like super, super strict. Oh, I've got to spend hours and hours a day on this thing. And yes, in order to become, you know, a, a lead guitarist or a lead singer, like you do have to put in the hours. But I was reading one time that there's a, a book of scripture called the Book of Mormon that in there, there's a story about the seed. And one of the things it says is you have to water it diligently. And I thought about that and it was like, oh my goodness, if we, we're not going to spend all day watering the sea, like there's, you would kill it. Yeah. I see it drowned. Yeah. And so like diligence is just showing up an, enough time a day. I mean, if you go to the gym 40 minutes a day, even, I mean, yeah. an hour, you're probably there at least an hour, maybe an hour and a half. Yep. And because like, I'm so jacked. Is that why you're saying that? You, you are jacked. jacked. You are jacked, dude. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting I'm getting back there, but you yeah, like the hours and, and the funny thing is once you put in the hours, it doesn't take as long to maintain a a, a a really nice body as it does to get a really nice body. Yeah, it, yeah. It takes less because you're not you're not having to put that strain on your muscles. Like it's easier to maintain than you know than that. And so it, it's interesting that if we just show up for a season. Like there's a season that it requires a lot of work to plant a tree. Yeah. After that, it's pretty much okay, cool. I'll, I'll water it. I'll, you know, and after a while, the the sky pretty much you know does the it's work. Well, I like that analogy. We <laughs> well, yeah, I like that analogy because yeah, you do the work to dig it, put the seed in, and then water it. But then there's a lot of other factors like don't let a bird come or a rodent come and dig up that seed. So protect your garden. That hasn't doesn't involve water at all. And then it's like, let the sun, well, make sure you don't put shade over that seed. So you're not, you know, obstructing that growth. And for example, we talked about music and discipline. I don't just sit in my room and sing all day. My, my throat would be shot, you know, like I don't do that. It's the things that I wish people understood more of this. And I'm trying to learn more of it. It's not just the things that you do. It's also the things that you don't do. And that is, that is key. Like the times that I'm not spending singing. Okay. I'm, I mean, I told you this when we met every single day, every single day, I watch two to three full concerts. And sometimes the concerts are only 20 minutes. Sometimes it's an hour and a half. Sometimes it's two hours. Like when it's Foo Fighters, I make sure I take the time to watch the entire two, two and a half hour. And sometimes it's the same concert. You know, I study the same concert for like a week or I'll watch Justin Bieber or I'll watch Eminem or I'll watch Metallica. I love, love watching these, these professionals. And I'm not singing during that time. 
So it'd be like, I'm not watering the seed. Well, what are you doing? I'm making sure direct sunlight is hitting that seed. I'm making sure no birds and rodents are interrupting the seed. So for me, that discipline is, is more than, I love that we're, we're talking about this because it's not this ty- like tyrant mindset of, oh, I just have to do this and nothing else. It's No, it's discipline, it's diligence. It's making sure that there's things that I am doing and things that I'm not doing. You know, I've, I abstain from certain things because I want to protect my voice. You know, being in a rock band, you sometimes people, I mean, every show that we play, we always have somebody come up and, hey, let me buy you guys a round of drinks. And depending on the band that I have with me at the time, they'll oblige be like, yeah, let's do it. And then for me, I'm like, no, I don't drink. And they're like, well, why don't you drink? And I'm like, well, for several reasons, you know, <laughs> one, of, one of my main ones is my, my religious beliefs. But then on top of that, I'm like, dude, I just, I, it's a business for me, you know, and I got to make sure that when I'm on and off the stage, I represent this, this brand and this band in a good way where I can, I can be highly functional at what I'm doing. So say, you know, smoking, all that stuff, I just don't do. I care too much about my, my voice and, and my passion and my desire. You know, it's interesting that you bring that up, the whole drinking thing, because sometimes at, at bars and stuff, people will, you know, just buy all these shots for these artists. Yeah, oh, yeah, all the time. Had I've been to a concert that I'm not going to say which one, but I went to a concert and it was interesting because the more drunk the performers got, the worse they became. Oh, yeah, 100%. But, but I was probably one of the only people not drinking in the place. And so it was like... I was the only one experiencing like, yeah, you see how the sound and quality deteriorates. And I mean, a funny joke that, you know, when we play, cause I haven't really played a lot of bars. I've been, I've been really like fortunate that we just have played big venues and big events. So, I mean, back in my younger days, definitely bars, like that's just what you play to like test out your sound. And you know, the, 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 joke in the industry is you know the more drunk the crowd gets the better we sound because it's true you know the more they're drinking they're just like oh you're better than metallica you're better than better than nickelback better than you know all these bands hey i love nickelback i'll always go on record saying i love that um <laughs> I, I actually like some of their stuff too i just i love it i think it's hilarious I, that everybody I, has the joke that nickelback sucks it, dude it's just a trendy thing like it was but if you ever sit down and watch like i've watched pretty much every performance I could find on them on YouTube. And Chad Kroger, the lead singer is just, dude, he's fantastic. His voice, what he can do, what he plays, their sound. I'm like, the funny thing is, you know, you get bands that hate on them. And I said, I'm like, yeah, if Nickelback was to call you and be like, Hey, you guys want to go on tour? Yeah, man, you're my favorite band in the world. No, I'm, <laughs> you know? I'm like, no, dude, everybody loves Nickelback. Dude, even with the Nickelback joke, like we, you bring up a good point. And I think we, we even talked in another conversation about how everybody has haters. Yes. Everybody's going to have haters. People are going to hate you no matter what. Oh, the yeah. person that's sitting on their couch eating potato chips, dissing on Nickelback that's touring the world and having everything in the world they could ever want. I mean, yeah. which, which which one of those are you going to take? I mean, yeah. are you going to want to be hated? Because... I saw this thing uh, on, oh, I don't know, I don't know if it was a sports center or something, but what they did is they got, it was, they were watching the college uh, football highlights 
and they were reading the tweets. I guess there was like a college championship, something like that. And people were tweeting like, oh my gosh, how did you miss that kick? I could have done that. Or how, how come you didn't catch that? Blah, 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 blah. And you know what they did is they found those people, brought them into the studio and had them attempt that kick or had no them way, attempt really? a catch. Yes. And the oh cool part goodness. about it, I'm surprised this didn't go more viral, but the whole point behind it was like, okay, you're sitting on your couch eating Cheetos, telling this kicker you could do it let's see it and they're like uh they're like go ahead do it and no one got it no one kicked it right no one caught the the pass that they were supposed to to catch and that was kind of the whole point is at the very end they had those guys all apologize and they're like hey man that kick is a lot harder than i thought and i'm sorry that i judged you and for me i loved that because i was like man talk about being in somebody else's shoes you know talk about not judging people talk about uh, um there's a story that yeah, I feel like in life we have these, like, if we pay attention, they are life-changing or character-building moments, right? That even if it's something small, it's like, wow, I think about that and it just was huge, right? So I remember I was at, uh, it was it was a, uh, it was LA Fitness out down in Huntington Beach, California. And um, I was getting some water and there was these two younger guys, probably, you know, 17, 16, 17 around them. And they're laughing at this lady who was on the treadmill and she couldn't see cause she had her headphones on and she was pretty far away, but you know, I'm, I'm overhearing them and, and they're making fun of her because of her size and how she was attempting to, to work out. And I remember getting up and look, turning towards them and they walked away. And I remember looking at this girl and this thought just hit me. It was like this most beautiful thought of, you know, how could you ever judge somebody for, for trying? You know, how could you ever, one, you have no idea if this is that girl's first day at the gym or if this is day 300. I mean, you, you have no idea, but the fact that she's there and she's putting in the work and that's freaking awesome, you know, and here's these kids and they're young, you know, they're, I'm sure they're not terrible, evil people, but they're young and they're, they didn't understand life and not judging people. And I, I feel like now when I meet people, I think of that treadmill. I think, oh, maybe this person is on day one. Maybe this person's on day 300 and maybe they're way healthier than I thought they were. Or maybe, you know, maybe they're scared to be there or whatever. I just, dude, I just don't judge people anymore at all. You know, Mike Tyson has a quote that says, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. Yep. I love that one. And and I know we've talked about some of the hard things that you've been through. And, you know, I've, I've definitely been through many hard things myself. And it's interesting because they uh as we go through those like yeah when we're younger it's like dude what are you doing i mean i i remember an instance where there was a guy and you know and on our faith people get married at like 21 when right when they get back from the 18 yeah 20 that's crazy <laughs> and and i remember i i you know gotten back not too long ago and there was a 25 year old and he was dating he was engaged to this 18 year old and first of all i'm like Oof. bro yeah. You're dating an 18 year old. And second of all, I'm like, bro, you're 25 and not married. What's wrong yeah, with you? Yeah, what's wrong with you? Exactly. And, and now that I'm, I'll be 38 next week, but like now that I'm almost 38, I, I get it. Like I, I don't, I, I don't spend much time judging people. I mean, even when I'm at the gym and I see that person that's there that, that is out of shape, it's like, dude, awesome job. Yeah. But I also don't want to go too far to be like, you know, make them feel uncomfortable. You know, but exactly. you, but you yeah. really want to. You want to be like, dude, that's so awesome. You're here. 
I mean, I think about, think about that, like the gyms of our lives, you know, I, I do a lot of work with mental illness a ton as I'm a big advocate, especially in teens. And, you know, I do celebrate those little things you know, to, to your point, like you don't want to go over above where they feel weird, but it's like, if somebody's like, Hey man, like today I got up out of bed and I, I read a book and I just feel good. I'm like, heck yeah, you're doing it good job. Or somebody's like, today I picked up a guitar and I tried to learn the solo for uh, Sweet Child of Mine, you know? You're like, <laughs> good, dude. You're like, good. And I, I feel like if we could just hype more and more people up, you know, and um, when I when I left that finance world, I, I don't think, I, I know for a fact some people aren't as fortunate to have had the response that I had when they try to chase their dreams. But, you know, I was in this finance company and it, it took off uh, to the point where they were offering me just an insane amount of money. And I'm in like my mid to late twenties and it was, you know, a seven figure contract out in Hawaii and uh, the possibilities were endless. And I just, I was like, man, that's so awesome. But then I had a near death experience and I was going through my divorce and I was just talking a lot to God where I was just thinking, man, if I, with this near death experience, I was like, man, if I die today, and I go to God and he's like, how was, how was earth? I'd be like, man, it kind of sucked. You know, I'd have such a, <laughs> a bad Yelp review. I'd be like, dude, I never chased my dreams. I chased the money. Um, me and my, my wife were so unhappy and I just never went out and tried. And so anyway, I ended up deciding to, to do music full time and um, chase my dreams. And I remember I talked to my mentors. There was about four or five of them. And I was super nervous because all of them were business guys. All of them had you know, made millions and millions and all of them were very successful and guys that I wanted to be like and emulate. So I've been fortunate to have the response that I had from these mentors because, you know, again, I was super worried because again, these are guys that I looked up to respected and wanted to be like, and they're, they're all very successful in their respective fields and had made, you know, millions and millions. And so I was just like, oh man. Um, so I, I told them, guys, I, I don't want to do the path that I'm on. I, I want to go do music professionally and I want to go, I want to go try it. I want to go believe in myself. And I'm very grateful that each of them were like, good, it's about time. And I was like, what do you mean it's about time? And they're like, yeah, you, you need to go do this. You only have one life. Life is so, they're like the thing that, that we don't have and we can never, we can always make more money, but you can't get more time. And I was just like, oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, you can always make more money. There's money in anything, you know, anything that you try hard at. And, but you can't, no matter what you do, man, you can't get more time. There's no, there's no time bank. You can't withdraw more. You can't save up. And so I just thought, yeah, I, I want to go do it. Um, so I ended up, yeah, I ended up doing the music thing. And I'm just, I'm very grateful for that relationship that I had with those mentors to just be, you know, just be me, go, go do my thing. Well, you know, and, and I think by doing our thing, like we are able to inspire so many more people when I was even thinking, as you were talking about money, like there's um, an acquaintance of mine basically shared with me one time they were hanging out and I lost you again. So, so if you, I don't remember what we were talking about, we're having some te technical difficulties, which just means like how important this conversation must be. And we were talking about how when people do go to the gym, like my honest feeling, there's a great book by a very, very well-known author, C.S. Lewis, that taught called the screw tape letters. 
that basically talked about how the adversary is always trying to mess with us. And whether people believe in that or not is totally up to them. But there's definitely that thinking that comes up in our head that tries to stop us. And I know it doesn't come from me. I'm not actively going to have a thought that I'm a horrible person. Yeah. And so even when those people are at the gym, the adversary kind of uses all those people around to be like, what are you doing here? Yeah. Like, you don't belong here. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of like the joke of people going to church that are like, the, the church is a, the church is like a hospital instead yeah. of a place like a showroom. Exactly. But a lot of people treat it as a showroom and then they turn around and it's like, oh, I got my own problems too. I just don't want to show anyone. You know, I remember uh, we invited this, this girl to church and, um, you know, she, she hadn't gone to church in, in years and we were trying to, you know, bring her back to the fold. And um, I let her know, I said, well, a lot of us, you know, for our Sunday dress, we do our Sunday best. I, I was like, but dude, you could come in sweatpants if you want. I, I really don't care what you wear. Um, and she's like, well, should I get dressed up? And I said, if you want to, I said, sometimes the girls wear dresses, the guys wear suits. I said, but the most important thing is that you're there and you're feeling something. Well, she ended up showing up in a mini skirt and a very revealing top. And this girl was a fitness model. And, and I just remember the amount of, of judgment, judging eyes as she walked in and I was like, guys, this is this should be the most welcoming hey oh my gosh how are you instead of what are you wearing why would you wear that you know it's and it's again it's it's the judgment of of people just trying their best and you have no idea where they came from you have no idea i knew a little bit of her life experience and so you know i never forgot that um but i also never forgot the kindness that you know when i went to certain churches that people would just they'd welcome me in and love me. And you know, I was just in Florida a little while ago and we stopped by a, a ward out there and there was just the sweetest lady that just was like, come sit with me, come, come sit next to me. And it was just so nice. Um, so anyway, I just, I really feel like there will be no, no such thing as handshakes in heaven. I think it'll just be hugs. I think everybody would just be, you know, I, when I was in a singles ward down in Huntington beach, we instituted me and not, not just me, but like a, a group of us, we instituted this thing of a rule in church. No one sits alone. And it was kind of like a unspoken thing where we had like a group of maybe five to 10 of us that every Sunday we would look for people that were sitting by themselves and try to get them to sit with the rest of us. And just, we'd go out to somebody, Hey, who are you? Nice to meet. And it almost became a game to see if we could pack the middle rows, you know, and just, and dude, I'm telling you, our services just became so much stronger because everybody had a friend, everybody, no one, no one felt out of place. No one felt weird. And I'm like, if we can just, for some of my concerts, um, a couple of the ones that we've done in Utah, when I see somebody has bought one ticket or I see that they're coming by themselves or they DM me and, and I'll say, I'll ask if they'd like to be part of a group of singles um, so that they go to the, the concert and they have at least a buddy system, you know? And it's been a blast to see six to eight people that have never met before they're at the Ophi concert and they're like, oh, I'm this person, I'm this person. And it's like, it, for me, is so cool seeing that. You know, and I don't get to catch everybody because I don't get to see all the ticket sales. But for the most part, when we see it, that's like one of my favorite things. It'd be like, oh, look at this group right here. They all look different. They, you could tell they didn't come together, uh, but then they're friends because of the music. It's awesome. That is so cool. And I was just thinking how awesome it'll be because 
if you keep doing it, eventually two of those people are going to get together, get married. Oh, no. oh exactly. exactly. I mean, maybe they already have. I don't know. Probably, man. They'll better name their first kid after me. <laughs> There'd be way too many Ophies in the world, man. <laughs> Not enough, man. Not enough. But there, there's something about that, though, of just you know, including more people like some people, they're not happy because people aren't talking to them. But sometimes like it's about them getting up and going and talking to somebody else. I, I heard this cool suggestion. It's in a James Clear's book, Atomic Habits. When you walk into a room, either a business meeting or a party or church or wherever, just make it a habit to simply walk up to a person and say, hi, my name is like, yeah. and that, but that, that is a hard, a hard thing for some people to do. You know, the people that got the anxiety, people that have, you know, that are, that are very um, introverted, you know, like I, I am a, a thousand percent extrovert, thousand percent. I cannot sit next to somebody on a bus and not talk to them or sit next to somebody on a plane or, and not talk to them. You know, like I'm that guy. I'm, unless they don't want to talk, then I obviously will see that, you know, they don't, but nine times out of 10 that we talked for the entire three hour flight about life and whatever. Um, but my, my kind of rule of thumb is if you can do it, do it. So meaning people like you and I, if we went to a, a church together, we would link arms and be like, Hey, let's go say hi to as many people as we can. And let's, almost like make up for people that, that can't do it because they're shy or whatever, you know? And in, and in that way, all that they really have to do is just be open to receiving a hello, you know? And I, I had a, a dear friend that was just very shy and she's like, I, I can't be like you. I can't just go say hi. And I said, well, then how about when people, you just work on when people say hi, you just say hi back, you know? And if they ask you to sit with them, you just sit with them if, if you can't. And it was just like baby steps, you know, like maybe don't be where I'm at, where I'm like, hey, we're best friends now. You know, when's your birthday? I want to hang out. Let's have lunch tomorrow. You know, like there's people like that. And there's other people that are just they like to keep to themselves, you know, and so you try to find that balance and help them out if you can. Well, and, and it's interesting because, I mean, one of the things and I, I probably never would have mentioned it before, but, you know, I probably did at times struggle with anxiety. I mean, even in high school, people thought I was like stuck up and I was just mm. I was just an insecure and shy. Yeah. Like, I, I think we have so much thinking that goes through our head. We're trying to figure everything out. But all when we feel when we're feeling anxious, I mean, all it really is, is it simply thoughts going through our head and we're getting scared about it. And there's a man named Sidney Banks that has a quote that says, you know, it everybody's doing the best they know how given their thinking in the moment. And if we would just allow ourselves to just breathe, to just relax and not take everything so seriously, a, a lot of that feeling of anxiety would go away. Yep. And I, something I try to share with, you know, when we do, like, I don't want to say speeches, but when we do like, you know, firesides or devotionals or come out and talk to people, one of, one of the messages I'm focusing on in myself right now is I'll just say, guys, you're not going to be perfect, but you can be happy. And that is something you can choose. Because for me, if I think, oh, I have to be perfect, if this concert, if, if every line, every word, every, every, I'm like, I'll stress myself out and I'll, I'll always fall short. But if I say I'm going to have fun, I'm going to be happy. 
and I'm just going to live right now and just commit to this moment. Dude, I can't, I, that's better than perfection. I know it sounds so weird to say that, but happiness, you know, uh, we we're quoting scriptures earlier in the book of Mormon, Adam fell that men might be and men are that they might have joy. And I think about that and it's like, huh, funny that it doesn't say men are that they might have depression or men and women are that they might have anxiety and they might have problems. They might, it's like, no, no, no. The whole plan was for happiness. That's the central focus. Well, and, and with anxiety, even the savior, like he gave us, he gave us the remedy for anxiety. He said, take ye no thought for the morrow. Take ye no thought for the next minute. Like, you know, a lot of times when people go into, you know, a surrounding that they're not comfortable in, their immediate thought that's running through their head is, oh my goodness, this is going to go horrible. Or how's this going to go? Or is anyone going to like me? I mean, and even with terms like, and you and I talked about this pretty in depth before, but even with terms of anyone liking you, like, it's not up to you. Like you can't control, like you could be the best absolute version of yourself. And that might cause more people to hate you. Yeah. I'm like, dude, people didn't like Jesus and he was legit. The first rock star that ever existed. You know, it's like, yeah. that guy was the coolest dude. I don't, I don't look at Jesus as like this, you know, Bible scholar. And all he did was quote scriptures all day because I wouldn't want to hang out with him. Like, I'd be like, nah, dude, this is kind of boring. All you're doing is just telling me scriptures every day. Like, let's talk about fish. Let's talk about literally anything else other than Moses. And I, I think Jesus, I mean, he, he obviously, there was, there was this like love about him that people just wanted to be around him. People just wanted to, I mean, think about that. Christ walks in a room and you see him. I mean, think of Christ in 2022, Christ at a party everybody would want to be talking to him, not because he's going to be in the corner reading scriptures and singing, you know, hymns, but because he would just be so interested in, in you and he would be so kind and loving and fun. And I think about that a lot. Jesus at the party, you know, Jesus would be so fun to hang out with. He would be so, I would feel invincible around him. I would feel like I'm the coolest dude ever because he would hype me up, man. He'd be like the ultimate hype guy. And like that, that's what I'm trying to be. You know, and, and really, you, you you don't have control of people like you or not, you know, people, again, because you can't judge them. They've got their own things. You know, I had a, I had a girl tell me that she loved my music, but she couldn't come to my shows because I reminded her too much of her ex. That was it. That's not, I didn't do anything. I didn't know her when she dated that person, but I was like, okay, you know, again, that has nothing to do with me at all. And I think if people just understand that as, you know. So you're telling me it's not your job to go get plastic surgery. So you look like, so you don't look like somebody's ex and do exactly do do whatever <laughs> again. Yeah. There's just so much that people do on their own. And I just, I, I love being tolerant of others and just saying like they're on their journey, man. Earth is, this life is really hard. Like it's, you're given what 70 to 80, 90, if you're lucky to figure it out. It's like, dude, this world is so complex. And not only is the world complex, look at your brain and your heart. Good luck. Those things, man, are so complex. And I just tell people, just don't be so hard on yourself. Just you're doing good. You're doing great. You know, I love that quote that we're spiritual beings having a human experience. Exactly. Yeah. And, and for so long, man, I, I, I did. I struggled with like feeling like I had to be perfect. If I did anything just outside the lines, even a little bit, I'd feel just off. 
And, you know, and I think so often we just, like, I think Heavenly Father just wants us to live our lives. Okay. There's been plenty of times that you do things and you're like, oh, you know, Heavenly Father's going to smite me. And it's like, <laughs> no, Joseph, chill. Yeah. Okay, I get it. You're, yeah. you, you were a spiritual being. You have a good human experience. Go live your life. I, I, for me, my favorite example of go live your life is when God presents the garden of Eden to Adam and Eve and it's dress this garden. That is one of my favorite phrases. Every time I get freaked out because God didn't say, Hey man, this is my garden. Don't touch my freaking trees. I like my bushes here. Don't touch those fruits. <laughs> I mean, besides don't eat that thing, but don't touch that. Don't move this. Just like exist and do everything how I want it. It was like, Oh, I mean, I'll build, I'll build the place, but go do what you want. Do you like apples? How about them apples? Go, go make some apples. If you like raspberries or you like grapes, just you figure it out. What do you want out of your garden? And every day we wake up, we have that opportunity to dress our gardens. Every single day we decide, I want to prune right here. I want to plant this seed and I want to grow this. I want to do, and I, I just don't believe in a, in a loving heavenly father that's sitting there being like, nope, nope, that's not what I want. It's not what I want for your gardens. It's like, dude, what do you want? I'm God. I, I'm a fine. I'll figure it out. Like, what do you want out of your garden? I mean, you bring up a really, really good point that so many people out there, I and mean, especially single people, really struggle with their next steps or who to date or who to marry. And it's interesting because Heavenly Father has already given us this beautiful gift of the spirit, which yeah. when we're going a direction that's going to be good for us, not necessarily the right direction, but when we're going a direction that's going to be awesome for us, Heavenly Father, like we get these really good feelings. Yeah. Like it talks about in Galatians 5.22, like, all those feelings, that joy, that excitement, people are looking for answers, not realizing that is the answer. Yeah. When we I, feel I, peace about going in that direction, like, but, but the other part of that, the flip side is when we're going in the wrong direction, we're also given answers. So there's that, like, like there's that circle. If you've ever seen it, like the, the top half of the circle is the good feelings. The bottom half is the lower feelings. Well, when we're going a direction that is not good for us, we will begin to get those feelings of frustration. We will give, begin to get that feeling of anxiety, that feeling of all those yucky feelings, and we want them to go away, but that's not how it works because Heavenly Father is trying to do us a favor. He's like, no, no, no. I'm, I'm telling you through your feelings, yeah. like the confusion it talks about in the scriptures, like go back, turn around. This isn't yeah. it. I also think some, you know, God uses our own natural instincts, that gut feeling. I mean, in business and in music, some of my best, and I know all good things come from God, you know, and so me, I'll feel the spirit or my gut instinct or whatever you want to call it. I'll feel that nudging me like, yeah, maybe don't work with that person or maybe go do this. Um, you know, we're talking about single and happy or happy and single. And I, I remember I visited a, a mid singles ward out in uh, Las Vegas. And um, one of the sisters was, she got up and she shared how her best friend just got married. And um, she was very excited. You know, they've been friends for years. Sorry, no, it wasn't a mid singles. It was a young, it was a young singles ward because this girl was 22, 21 or 22. And her friend was 20 and got married. 
And her friend, she was kind of venting to the Lord, but she said her friend on her wedding day turned to her and said, um, I'm so sorry that you still haven't got to experience this yet, but it'll come. And she just said it just it kind of ruined her whole weekend thinking like, well, yeah, how come I don't get to get married? How come? And then she said she started she had a panic, uh, panic attack and nervous breakdown that here she is 22 and not married. And just all this stress kind of hit her. And to anybody else outside the LDS church, people would be like, you're a freak, dude, chill, you're a kid, you know, but in, in our ward, you know, 22, that's a big deal. It's like, okay, that's what you feel that you've been taught is you should be married by now. You should, 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 all these shoulds that we should do. And I, I remember just kind of quietly raising my hand and I just said, guys, let, if, if this helps at all, let's think of the God that we worship. And let's give him more credit than that. He, he built this entire universe, all the systems, the inner working of your eyeballs, of, of you know, genes and genetics and the, the world and the solar system. And I was like, and then he created this great plan of happiness. And do you think he did this entire thing, but forgot about you? You think in all the busy doings that he did, he made all this happiness, but was like, hey, sorry, Joseph, there just wasn't room for your happiness in this plan. And I'm like, no, God's like, dude, Joseph, I have so many versions of your happiness. Which one do you want? Like I'm, I'm stocked up ready. How many do you, which ones do you want? And I think sometimes we forget that, that we you almost like limit God that among everything he's done for us, you think he made the plan of happiness without you in mind? Absolutely not. And you know, that's, that's, if we could just get people to understand that, that you are central, you're not just part of it. You, that entire plan was created for you. That entire thing is around your happiness. That's the whole point. I mean, for years, because of how we're brought up in our faith and, and because of our natural desires too, don't get me wrong. I, I do want to be married to the girl of my dreams. Yeah. Like, but to the girl of my dreams, not just anybody. Like everybody's got somebody they could call up right this second and say, hey, I'm sick of being single. This won't be fun, but do you want to do this? Yeah. <laughs> like, do you yeah. want to, do you want to get married? And your life would be miserable. And, and I actually know plenty of people that they do get married, even though they feel wrongly about it because they feel like they have to move that next step of life. Like at least in our beliefs, we believe we have eternal lives. Yeah. And, and I look at it as we didn't get the cookie cutter plan of happiness. We got the Frodo Baggins type experience of happiness. Okay, cool. You're going to go on your journey. You're going to go do all these really cool things. And there's some people chilling on the Shire, hanging out, being like, why would you want to go on an adventure where you have everything here? And it's like, well, yeah, but I want to go do that. I really yeah. want to go do that. And and the plan was tailored to each of us. You know, I love that you said that cookie cutter because a lot of people just think, the atonement works that way. That it's just this broad blanket of forgiveness. It's like, dude, you got to understand that was tailored to you. The plan of happiness. That's why he's God. If you and I tried to make this plan, I'm like, oh, there's too many people to think about. Here's a cookie cutter plan. You do this, you get happy. And God's like, no, here, here, this is specific to you. One of the best things. So after my divorce, best counsel and advice I ever got being single and trying to be happy and single. Cause I'll tell you after that divorce, man, I was wrecked. I was just like, not happy, you know, because I, I felt like, and I feel like a lot of people that, that 
uh, you know, maybe out of your viewers that are listening that have been divorced, they'll resonate with this is because you feel like you do everything correct and do everything you are, you're told and, and you should do. And it, it, you get a divorce. You're like, what the heck? That's not part of the plan. <laughs> I was supposed to, you do good things. You get blessed. That is the, the commandments. <laughs> you have to get blessed. So anyway, after my divorce, this lady in my ward came up to me and I'm like down in the dumps because I'm about to leave my favorite ward in Huntington Beach. And she comes up to me and she says, you know what you ought to do? And I said, what's that? And she said, you ought to make Jesus Christ your bridegroom. And I was like, what the heck are you talking about, dude? That's so weird. Get away from me. You know, I was like, what are you talking about? That's so weird. Go marry Jesus. I was like, uh, no, you know, and I just let, like, she walked, she gave me a hug, walked in. I said, thank you. And I just remember thinking, what an odd statement to tell a grown man, Hey, why don't you go marry Jesus? You know, I was like, that's so weird. And it wasn't until like a couple months later that it hit me. What she was actually saying was make Christ your bridegroom, spend a little time with the savior. How would the savior be if he was your significant other? How would he be if he was your bandmate? How would you be? How, how, you know, I took time to get to know him because that taught me what I wanted out of life. I started looking at myself. I mean, how, how do you see yourself in someone's eyes? You can't do it from 30 feet away. You have to be right in front of them to see yourself. So if you are that close to the savior, you'll feel his love. You'll feel him. That's the only way you can see yourself through his eyes is to be that close to him. And so I felt like I got to know him and I got to understand his characteristics and in understanding that. So I'm a huge advocate of learning who the savior is, because when you do that, you start to understand who you really are. And you're like, oh my gosh, I understand why you did what you did, why you do what you do, this plan of salvation, the plan of everything. Like I understand why I fought so hard to be here on earth and why I was so stoked to go through all these trials and go through whatever divorce, death, sickness, come what may, I, I came here for a reason. And that was, it was because I, of who I get to be, who I can become. So that's, that is always my advice is date the savior. I love that. Like, I think it's in our hardest times that we do have to turn that way. I mean, I recently went through something pretty hard too. And, and I, and I said, I just kind of became a little soldier for God. You tell me what to do. I'll do it because that, that was all I could do. And the other thought that came to my mind is how I love the story of Joseph of Egypt, not just because Joseph's my name, but <laughs> I, I have found so much in that story because when Joseph did the right thing, he said, Hey, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sleep with Potiphar's wife. He was thrown in jail. Ironically, he, he should have been killed, uh -huh. but you know, the Lord didn't want that to happen, but yeah. he, he went to jail and then, and then he saved the, well, he saved one of the butler or the, or the, the uh, baker. I don't remember which it was, but, and, and then they went away and they didn't tell him any, anyone about him for a couple years. And so it's like, we have to stop worrying about like, it, it is up to like, there's a scripture in uh, Mosiah 319, which is out of the book of Mormon. And there's a line in there that says, willing to submit to whatever, you know, God wants to inflict upon you. And it uses the word, it's inflict or something along those lines. It is not up to us what Heavenly Father chooses to give us. And it's only up to us how we respond. And sometimes life is just hard. 
Like, okay. and, and, and at the worst moments in our life, that is when the adversary, <clears throat> I mean, when the thing that I went through recently that was really hard, I mean, the adversary just jumped on me. It's like, dude, you lost what you really wanted. Curse God and die. Yeah. It's like, well, if I've already lost what I wanted, why would I curse God and die? Yeah. <laughs> not get the thing I well, wanted and, and not get that. But we have to just understand that's going to happen and, 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 and just not pay attention to that voice and turn to God. Yeah. I think sometimes too, we we've, when good things happen, it's like, Oh good. I deserve this. I've been good. I've done this. When bad things happen, it's like, yo God, why are you doing this to me? That's, that sucks. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't, I've never thought of God as, as a kid with a magnifying glass burning us as ants. Never. I've never thought of him. You know, I, I don't want to say a hands-off God because I, I believe firmly each of us are a Netflix series and God binge watches all of our episodes, just like actively binge watches the Joseph series, the Opie series, like uh, he's God, you know, that's what he does. And so I don't think he's a hands-off God, but I also just, again, when, when people are struggling, I go, think of the God you worship. What kind of God do you worship? Do you worship a God that in the middle of a storm, when you, when you're, he's walking on water, he's just going to let your ship drown? Or do you believe in a God that's going to say, be still and calm the waters? Or do you believe in a God that's going to say, okay, Peter, come and allow you to walk on water because in the middle of a storm, that's the safest possible place you could be is outside your ship of comfort and, and walking to Christ. I, I, one of my most favorite scriptures of all time is Peter walking on water because a little bit, if you rewind a little bit before that scenario, Christ, I believe was going through really bad depression. I mean, he just found out his cousin got beheaded because of his belief and affiliation and loyalty to him. And so Christ has got that going on in his head. He's got these people that have been following him that are hungry. He's got his apostles, not quite where he would love them to be. But then he's like, all right, let me send away the multitude. You guys take the ship and go. I'm going to get up to the mountain. I just need a minute. And I think of Christ going up there. And I, I someday I want to ask him what happened, you know, that, that night that you walked on water. And what did you think about? What were you doing? You know, because I, in my mind, he was like, I just need a moment to just talk to my dad and just be alone and just chill. And so, you know, he walks on water because, well, where's the nearest boat? Like, well, they just took the boat. I'll just walk to them. And it's three, three and a half miles that he walks three to four miles that he walks on water, which is a long time on the water, right? That's a long time on land, you know, but he walks on the water. And this is what I love is he's walking on the water he knew exactly where they were. There's a storm. Even these fishermen are a little bit freaked out because they're like, this is a big old storm. Christ didn't ask Siri, where are my boys at? He didn't use MapQuest. He, he knew exactly where they were in the middle of a storm. Think about that, okay? So then Christ is walking on water, finds them, and what, what happens? It says that they see him and think he's a ghost, and they get freaked out. That scares them. I'm like, dude, I've read this story. It's 2022. If I saw somebody walking on water today, that would freak me out. You know, we're doing these cruises. If I see somebody walking on the water, I'm like, what is that? You know? And then Peter, Christ is like, it's okay, guys. It's me. And then I, Peter, I want to do that. I want to do what you're doing right now. You're walking on water. Let me do that. If it's really you, let me do it. And Christ is like, okay, come do it. And I, when I, when I give those firesides, whatever, I love asking people, why do you think Peter did that? Because there's no wrong answer. It's your opinion. What, why do you think Peter wanted to walk on water? And I've heard everything from, I mean, I'd love to hear your answer too. You want to hear my the, answer? Yeah, yeah. Funny enough, like I, so I was in the Macy Easter pageant. I'm, I was, I'm often a Roman soldier. Okay. And, uh, you have I to can see it. 
Yeah. You'll have to, you'll have to come down and see it next time, but it's, I actually, the, the, there's a beautiful scene where Peter actually does walk on water and I was pondering and I'd kind of been pondering, okay, is it okay? You know, how, how scripturally is it okay to follow our dreams and stuff like that? There was no logical reason for Peter to walk on water other than that would be so cool. <laughs> yeah. I think that's yeah. why I, I think yeah. it was simply just because he's like, Oh my goodness. I, I just want to, can I, can I please, can I walk yeah. on water? You see Peter the same way that I do that. He's like, dude, yeah. we're bros. I want to do that. And you know, I, I've heard everything from that to um, Peter felt safer next to Christ than he did on the ship. And that was one of my favorite responses. Cause I'd like, yeah, let's pause and think about that. You're a fisherman. Your comfort is that ship. You know how to, to maneuver that ship. You've been in storms before. That's your comfort. What's something you've never done before? Walk on water in the middle of a storm. But yet Christ was like, I want to do it. So another person said that um, they just wanted to be close to the Savior. Didn't matter how, he, if he had to swim, he would have swam. And I was like, I love that. Because I think so too. I think Peter would have been like, look, even if I can't walk and I fall, I'm going to just be close to you. And I love that. I'm like, oh, that's beautiful. I love thinking about that. But either way, despite, or no matter what his reasons are, he ends up walking. And then of course takes his eyes off of, I mean, who wouldn't man? If me, if I was walking on water, I'd be like, dude, oh my gosh, there's fish, there's stuff. This is crazy. You know, (laughs) and you take your eyes off of Christ, you sink. And then a straight way he catches him. And I, you know, I, I heard somebody read this story one time and their interpretation was Christ kind of being angry. Oh, you have little faith you know, like you idiot, you know? And I was like, I see Christ busting up laughing. Like, Peter, dude, what are you doing? You know, like, <laughs> you got this. And that's the Christ I choose to believe in is this guy who just is like, you can do hard things. You can do impossible things. And then lifts him up. And then together they walk back to the ship. And I, and dude, I think about that all the time that uh, wherever you are in your life, married, single, divorced, heartbroken, not in love yet, whatever, like God knows exactly where your ship is in that storm and the safest place you can be is next to him. And and you can do impossible things. You can walk on that water and then walk back with him to the ship. The other part of that, and it's kind of the other storm that the the scriptures talk about was when the savior was sleeping Mm. through an entire storm. He's like, like everybody freaks out about the tiniest thing in the world today. When, when we stop worrying about everything happening in the world around us and just focus on us and focus on the path that God's guiding us to take. I think so many people, especially in the singles world, are so resentful because it's like, well, I knew I was supposed to marry that person. I knew yeah. it. I felt mm-hmm. so good about that decision. Why would God do that to me? It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that matters is trusting God enough to say, I don't care why you did that to me. I don't care why you had me go down that road because I might never know, but the more time I spend really getting frustrated, angry with God, like I had this experience where I got really upset at God. This was quite a few years ago, like just upset to the point, you know, you, you tell everyone where they can go and how they can get there. And if anyone, looks <laughs> up, and, and, and you have that look in your eyes that if anybody cares to look at you the wrong way or say anything, they will regret it. Yeah. And I had this experience where I just got this massive, massive headache and God said, and God basically said, Hey, Joseph, 
I want you to know enough. Like it, you can act however you want to, but don't do this. Like if you want to, like, it's just not going to make you happy. And so I learned in that moment that, well, if everything's going to crap in my life anyways, I still want to be close to God. And I've gone through things that are much harder than that. I mean, looking back, that was nothing. <laughs> you, yeah, know that, yeah, you know that yeah, goes, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, the, the more you get, the more you get punched in the face, like the less it hurts because you're yeah. just used to it. Yeah, I, I keep going. Well, and, and so I've just learned like, hey, the, the most important thing for me is staying close to God. And as I follow that guidance, he has led me to some amazing people. I mean, yourself, you know, included, you know, like, thank you, man. Just, you know, amazing people that get me and that I also get. Because when, when you're walking a different life in the world, don't expect everybody to cheer you on. Yeah. You don't have to. Oh, there will be people that, I, I mean, there's people that actively want you to fail. You know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's how people are. And, you know, I, I think another possible way to look at what you're talking about, you know, I, again, I look at God as, as a, allow you to experience stuff, you know, does he send hard things your way? Does he give you heartbreak? Does he make certain things happen? I think that's, you know, if you believe that way, you believe that way. You believe that I, I, I more just look at God and this is again, me is more of just things happen. And God's like, look, I allow the sun to rise on the good and the bad. It's not like I'm sitting there being like, okay, I'm going to have it this way. And you know, I've had many times with you where I'm like, God, help me out, dude. Why are you, why are you, I, I'll share uh, just a quick, quick little thing. I won't get into too, too much detail, but you know, about, uh, I think it was two and a half years ago. Um, when I when the first time I ever tried to commit suicide, I was 16. Okay. So I, I tried to kill myself when I was 16. I've talked about it in other podcasts. It's you know, sometimes I'm just like not in the mood to talk about it. You know, it takes me to like a weird place. But anyway, years later, I went through some stuff and it was about two and a half years ago. Like I felt that experience again. I felt just this like despair. And you know, people that see me would typically say super energetic, super upbeat, positive, life of the party. <laughs> And that's like the shell, you know, it's the Robin Williams of it. That's the Chester Bennington, the Lincoln Park, the guy that ever, on the outside is just like, so like, oh, this life is awesome. But on the inside, dude, I was like, ah, I'm dying, man. I can't make it out. And so anyway, I had this, you know, I, it, it wasn't quite an attempt, but it was the beginning of an attempt. And I remember thinking like, I'm going to end it tonight. I'm just, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. Music's not going anywhere. I don't know. And the girl that I was dating at the time, who's now my wife, I was thinking, why would she want to be with a loser like me? And I just, dude, I, Satan was just like, bam, I was fighting Mike Tyson, you know, prime Mike Tyson. And I'm me and I'm just, I'm getting hit. And I'm just like, throw in the towel forever. And I remember just crying to the Lord and saying, why don't you care, man? Like I've, I've kept your commandments as best as I could. I've, I've tried to be a good person. I try to give where I can. I just listed all these things that I've done. And that's important things that I've done. Not so much focusing on who I've become. I was just focusing on things that I've done. Like the checklist. I do this, I do this, I do this. And I just said, why don't you care that I'm going through this awful life? And then this peaceful voice just spoke to my chest, but it was like an audible voice. And he said, and he called me by name. And he said, all of these things aren't happening to you because I don't care. They're happening because I do care. Boom. 
I was like, whoa, like my whole, it was like one of those moments where I stopped doing what I was doing. I was like, oh bro, I'm not going to kill myself. Like it just clicked. And I hope, and that's my prayer. And you know, if anybody listens to this podcast, the thing that they take away the most from this is that those crazy things that are happening to you isn't because you have a God that doesn't care or that's not invested. Those things are happening because he's extremely invested. He loves you, believes in you and knows you're going to be great. You're going to have the happiest life, not just here, but for eternity and eternity and eternity. And you're going to have every dream you've ever wanted. That's why these things matter. That's why it's hard. That's why it's tough. That's why it's uncomfortable because you deserve the absolute best. And in order to get there, you got to go through these things. That changed everything for me. Now I feel like the guy people see, and that's huge. I feel like I have become that person that when I look at myself, when I look at Ophi, I see a happy dude. I see a dude that I'm like, he's doing his best to just be a good person. The part that I find interesting about that, first of all, is that, you know, even just a couple of years ago, you're not thinking that you had it for music. Cause I've, I've watched one of your videos with one of your songs that you wrote about that time. And uh, <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, like if there's ever somebody that has what it takes for music, it's definitely you, Ophi. Thank you, man. But when, but what happens is when we get into those places where life is just really hard, oh man, we're so susceptible to just whatever voice wants to come in. And I love the example in the Disney movie Hercules, where <laughs> love they. This great movie, right? Where, it's one of my they, favorites, yeah. yeah. Where they try to kill baby Hercules because they know if he fights, they will lose. Yeah. So whenever the adversary gets the tiniest of shots, he'll take it. Yeah. And, and he'll and, and he will come with some of his strongest army because especially with certain people, he's only got a few shots. He's gonna come and swing it as hard as he can and I mean, personally, like, I'm, I'm so grateful that you're still here. I mean, I, I really do. I, I love Thank you, man. The, the, the friendship that we begin to build. And like, I mean, just having genuine, real conversations with you and like all the amazing things that you're up to in the world, like just, I mean, you are so inspiring and I'm just going to, I'm just going to praise him a little bit here. Cause guys, like I went, I went and saw his show and he, he held this stage. Like he was on the stage of a jump. This was a, this was a small private event that somebody hired him for, but he held that stage. Like he was doing the biggest amphitheater in the world. I mean, he just, he, he just has this presence and this friendliness and this joy and this kindness about him. That So I, I just, I just wanted to say that. So like, Cause you are man. Like you really do. People feel, people feel happy around you. People feel loved around you. I've never seen you be not, not that I've seen you that many times in person, but like I've, uh, I've never seen you be mean or rude or cruel to anybody. Like you are just kind and genuine and friendly. And you're such a great example of you know what the world really could be like in a non-cliche way (laughs) (laughs) i know that i know that sounded super cliche (laughs) no and i uh, i'll pay you 20 bucks later for all those nice (laughs) no i just you know i thank you man and i i feel like i've I've been through so much where again i just have uh i i just don't judge i just under i feel like 
feel like that veil is gone. You know, we, in our beliefs, we believe that before we come to this earth, we go through a veil that limits the things that we remember of the, of the past life. And I feel like every near death experience I've had or every interaction sacred that I've had with God has just taken back that veil and it's just gone now. It's, it's like the most freeing. I'm like, I feel like it's just, I like, it's almost like I remember, you know, it's the, it's the craziest superpower ever. Like Hercules. Yeah. I love, I love baby Hercules because, you know, that's such a great analogy to bring up because yeah, they, they went after him as a baby. Isn't that funny? They went after him at his most vulnerable, weakened state as a baby went after him. They're going to try to go hit him when he's Hercules, buff Hercules. I go, let's get him now as a baby. I mean, I love that. And and you're absolutely right, man. The adversary will try to expose you and find you at your weakest and then just send the army and send the floodgates. And look at look at Joseph Smith, you know, somebody that we believe is, is a real prophet of God. Remember when he goes to the grove to pray, what happens? Adversary's like, oh, don't do that, don't do that, don't stop doing that, stop, stop, stop. Like I, I look at everything kind of comically, and I think of if I was to make a comedy out of it, that would be what Satan says. No, 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 don't do that, stop praying. Don't ask, don't ask, don't do this, because he knows, he knows if baby fourteen-year-old Joseph is about to become Hercules, and he's like, uh, don't do that. Let's, let's is scary. Ooh, bad. Don't pray, bad. And then thank goodness that Joseph's like, let me just try a little bit harder and call out to God. And then what happens? So for my single people and my friends, if you're in that garden right now, in that grove, and you're experiencing the adversary, just remember what comes next. When you pray to God and you find yourself and you find him, one of the top greatest revelations of all time will happen. And that's, that's God's MO, man. That's history 101. It's happened every single time. Somebody goes through something really crazy. They either choose to, like I told you earlier, in a, in a crisis, you can either worry or you can worship. When you choose to worship, I mean, either way, it's going to be result. You can worry and things will still work out, but you can worship. Then you get power. You get leveled. You level up. You become stronger, more resilient, more happy. You just Things just make sense and you're unstoppable. And Satan gets smaller and smaller and smaller and weaker and weaker and weaker. Pretty soon you're like, dude, you can't hurt me. Why? Because I know who my dad is. He's God. <laughs> you know, It's like, what are you going to do, dude? You got nothing on me. Yeah. Well, and there's even that scripture that says, like, in, you know, in uh, I think it's Isaiah, basically, that's, you know, after this world where we're going to look at the adversary and say, you? Yeah. It was you? You, like, uh, that you, you messed up the entire world? You? Yeah. The you little know, guy in the like, corner? Yeah. yeah, exactly that. And, you know, if you, we got we to gotta wrap up here. I know we can, yeah. you and I can talk for a long time, but. Um, I want, first of all, thank you so much for, for being here. And I want you to just give, um, give the listeners ways that they can connect with you, find your music. Um, yeah, sure. Um, so right now we are in the middle of recording our album. It's funny because we, we decided on six songs. That was it. We're just going to do a small EP, but then we, we recorded four more tracks. We got 10, then we recorded three more. Now we're up to 18 tracks. And I was like, guys, I can't keep paying for all these recordings. We got to stop. We got to find the ones that we want and just use those. Okay. I'm not, I'm not rich. We got to stop. We got, we got to be done. But you know, like I told you last night, we, we, me and my co-writer, who's the bass player and co-producer, like we just wrote three of these songs that just got me so happy. So now that's why we're up to 18. But anyway, so we're recording the album. Uh, We're going to be redoing all of the Spotify. We're just going to do a blitz. That's going to look like we came out of nowhere. 
And that's that's the goal is it's, I've been working on this stuff, networking, getting the right people, getting the, the right people that would help us on Spotify, the right people that would help us on Instagram and TikTok and Twitter and, uh, you know, get us on tours and management, all that stuff. And it's just been building. And so right now, everything's pretty uh, Instagram is, is my main focus and that's Ofi band, O F I B A N D. But that will be the release of my shows later this month. I play my first headlining show in, in New York, which is pretty crazy. Uh, I know I'm stoked. Real, real, real quick, funny story. Every show that I've ever played, I don't care what city I'm in. I always end with thank you, New York city. Good night. I always do it. And it, it, it just it makes me laugh. And it's so funny because they're like, we're in Provo, you know, or <laughs> we're in Prescott, you know, uh, but I, every show. And I did it because I knew someday that statement would be true. Now I'm not going to New York city. I mean, it's times square, but Hey, it's New York. I'll take it. Times square is freaking awesome. And so I, I, you know, I, it's a small thing of just manifesting what you want. So Instagram, Ophi band, uh, we'll be releasing the new album, uh, probably a couple singles first, a couple music videos. Um, and then the full length album, once we have, um, the plans that we're working on, if they go through, it's just going to be one of those things where like, who is this band? We've never heard of this guy. Like how I'm excited, man. It's I'm like, you guys, you guys just get ready. This album is is fantastic. It's insane. Well, guys, honestly, you got to go check out his music. He's a, uh, he's, he's awesome. And come to the cruise, tell everybody like tickets are pretty much going to be sold out by the end of July. There might, I mean, I, there might be three or four left, but the, the cruises, man, they are life-changing. I'm headlining that. Um, also on one of the cruises, you'll see David Osmond, who is my boy. I love him, love watching him. And then the piano guys who I met on another cruise. I, I don't know, I like cruises, I, they're, they're so fun. They're so fun. But, and then you'll see Hillary Weeks. You'll see, there's just like a lot of cool people, but it's Mexico and that's next January. And then there's uh, the Caribbean. And I've been blessed and fortunate enough to be able to headline both uh, of those cruises. So just use, go to my, go to Instagram or go to ofiband.com, check out the cruises. And no matter what, use promo code OFI. That's it. OFI. Just go, go do it. Save yourself a, two tanks of gas, you know, but dude, yeah, I, that, and then we are going to be doing a show in Arizona pretty soon. Um, and once the details get worked out on that, I'll, I'll let you know about it so we can, we can do this. For sure, man. Well, Guys, seriously, go check out his music. One of one of the songs of his I like, you can find on YouTube, is called A Little Bit Dangerous. It's a really, really cool song. We'll, you'll probably have that up, or we'll have that up probably for another two or three weeks, and then all of our stuff is Are you raising everything? Yeah. Well, we're going to archive it and just take it down because we're going to – all that stuff is – it's just like my unsigned, undiscovered stuff. That was just me. I might leave that acoustic video up, but it's so different now. You know, that even that song, we re-recorded it. And I was telling you that it's in B, but the original version is in C, but we dropped it down, you know, half a step. But anyway, um, yeah, so they have that. Um, have you ever heard the full uh, production version of that song? Of that? Yeah, we have a the I mean, original. Other than, you, other than you performing live, though, <laughs> there's an original version that we did with a producer. It's a way more electronic. It's uh, less organic of a rock band because it was me and him. But that's on OfiBand.com, and there's snippets oh. of. I think you can get the whole song. But again, we're gonna do a makeover, and all that old stuff is gone, and it's just the new. And these new songs, dude, these new songs are great. I'm telling you, best stuff I've ever written. Well, guys, you're you're in you're in for a treat if you go check out Ophi Ben. Like these guys will be, 
these guys are going to be huge. I mean, they're already on the rise. And if you get a chance to see them in your, in your city, go, go see them. Cause pretty soon you won't be able to. So <laughs> thank, thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you. Thank okay. you for everything. Thanks for the kindness. Thanks for the talk. Thanks for the testimony. This was a lot of fun. Thank you, man. Yeah. Thank you. Ophi. appreciate it, man. Talk soon. Yeah. See ya. Now, if you've made it to this point in the podcast, I'd like to invite you to go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. I don't know how you got here, but that way, if you ever want to get back here again, it's right there for you in your subscriptions. And if you haven't already joined us, one of the really cool things that I do that's free for anyone that would like to participate is each Monday morning at 10 a.m. Arizona time, I host a group coaching call for Happy and Single. Anyone is welcome to come on. And you can even receive a little bit of one-on-one coaching time with me, depending on how many people are in the call. Now, every now and then that schedule changes. So you can go to the website happynsingle.com to be able to look at the schedule and also to be able to find the link to the Zoom room. Now, at the same time, if you would prefer a more one-on-one type of coaching experience where you can sit down and share your hopes and dreams and, and just kind of the stuff going on in your world. Then there's another option available for you as well. Now, the bulk of my business is actually doing one-on-one coaching. If that's something you're interested in exploring, I've got a few spots open in my coaching practice. You can just message me on Instagram at the It's Possible Guy, and we can sit down and have a chat. And it doesn't matter where you're at in the world. I've worked with people across the world. I do everything over Zoom, so it actually makes it pretty easy. Thank you guys so much again for listening. And go out and live your adventure. Thank you.